Welcome back to DQP Does Drafty Quarters Podcast Network Movie Review Show, where we go through a turnstile and come back out the other side doing the moonwalk. With me this evening... <laughs> with me this evening is the squawker, Russell. I'm squawking here. <laughs> Now I need Barry to take that whole thing and then reverse it and play it and then we'll come back around. Uh, I'm just kidding. Don't do that, Barry. Please do. I hope he does that. <laughs> we also have Dave. What up? It's Dave, you squawk boy. Oh my god. Uh, this week we watched Tenet. Uh, I watched it backwards though. Did you? I, it's probably made more sense that way. Uh, <laughs> Came out in 2020, PG-13, two hours and 30 minutes. Uh, it's a real, real quick, real quick synopsis. Uh, let's do it backwards. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's run that joke into the ground. <laughs> We're now a gimmick podcast. Yeah. So I'm going to give this movie an 8.5. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> starting at the the end. I'm starting at the end. You go forward. Oh, no. 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 We're not doing that. Okay. Uh so uh it's uh it's it's bond with with some timey-wimey stuff. Dude, I would totally watch the John David Washington Bond movie. Yeah, 100%. That like, all the amazing. other guys, that, you know, a lot of people are like, we should have a black Bond. And, like, a lot of the other guys that we've talked about doing that, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but... I don't think so. Because um, we talked about Idris, yeah, obviously, Idris. would Pew. be a good one. Yeah, um, for sure. Kill it. He's British. Uh, a lot of people talked about, like... Uh, Whoa, Dave, don't fall. I, sorry, I went through a weird time loop and almost died. Uh, a lot of people have talked about... Um, uh, God damn it. The guy that this guy's replacing because he sounds exactly like him. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, you do. We talked about it last night. John David sounds exactly like... Oh, Denzel Washington. Denzel. Uh, people have talked about Denzel... Yeah. Which, he's too old. Yeah, and he could he could play. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Okay. So this particular James Bond movie starts off with Denzel Washington in a bar retelling a story. Yeah. And then, but it's actually of, John David. Yeah. Playing him, and it's John yeah. David oh. playing younger him. All right. It, he he does this guy, dude. Seriously, like just close your eyes. Yeah. And watch this movie, and you'll be like, is that Denzel? He has the charisma. He like. He, you said it, and I was like, "Fuck!" That's why uh, it's one of the reasons I love this dude so much because yeah. he, he does. He has like, he has the charisma. I mean, he's like in better shape than I think Denzel's ever been in. But maybe I don't know. But anyway, the the synopsis here. Yeah, basically, uh, John is a, a a CIA operative, and he gets caught during a mission where they like pick up some weird shit. And they think it's supposed to be plutonium, but it's in a weird container that he's never seen before. And uh, they get caught by the guys that are trying to steal it, but they don't lose it to them. They somehow get it back to someone else. Um, 
it's real confusing and some weird shit happens uh and he dies because he takes a one of the cyanide pills right because everybody knows about like you know if you're in deep cover or part of the black ops mission or whatever you got a fake tooth or a pill hidden on your shoulder pad or whatever that you're supposed to take to kill yourself so you don't give up any information there's a cyanide pill in all of your teeth do what you want with that information yeah <laughs> um final not really people don't believe that 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 was rick from the newest episode of rick and morty so uh but not by the time this airs it's like it's the first episode of season five but anyway uh uh so he wakes up on a boat and uh i can't remember this guy's name but he's in a bunch of shit it's the cia agent from weeds Oh, it's the Hydra dude from uh, Ant-Man. Yes. What the fuck's his name? It'll be in here somewhere. What the fuck? Josh Stewart is in here? Weird. I didn't know he was in it. Sorry, guys. It's uh, I've been watching too much Criminal Minds. <laughs> He's Will in Criminal Minds. JJ's husband. I don't know. I don't see him on the on the list. But anyway, watch the movie. You'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, so uh, he basically gets recruited into this super secretive group in that they're so secretive that they don't have like a name for the group or like a hierarchy of anything. They're just like, if somebody says this shit to you, introduce yourself. And maybe they're a good guy, maybe not. And you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's some secretive shit, bro. And uh, the most secret, the most secret. And he eventually, you know, gets picked up from a a a wind farm in the middle of the sea uh, that he gets dropped off at by this guy (laughs) that 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 recruits him. Uh, And he gets taken to. Um, he gets taken to the shore, somebody like dead drops him a car and they have the nav on already to go to this place. So he goes to the place and he meets this chick and she's like a scientist and she tells him that there's shit moving through time backwards. Now just think about that for a second. There's shit moving through time backwards. So like, but don't try to understand it. No, don't try to, don't try to understand it because there are some... There's some plot holes going on in here. Just feel it. Yeah, just just take it for granted because this movie does. Uh, I, I was feeling it. Yeah, it's very interesting, and I like the movie. There are some plot holes, but I mean, that's a. Uh, it's real hard not to have it have plot holes when you know it's you're talking about time travel because it it's you basically have to have a concrete version of what you have for it to be completely impossible to have plot holes, which it's not a real thing that we know of in science today. So it's impossible for people to have a concrete version of it that is bulletproof. Correct. So it, it's just going to happen. Right. I, if you I, have time travel, it's going to have plot holes. I do want to say that 
what they did with the time travel in this movie like the way they're explaining it is yeah. it has a lot cool. to do with theoretical physics and yeah. our understanding of time today right oh versus... so I, I wanted to explain this so that it makes sense to people and if you're you've watched the movie and it still doesn't make sense i feel like when i thought this to myself it made a lot more sense and like I, I got what was happening in the movie, but it made more sense when I when I thought of it this way. That you you think of time as a line, um, because I was trying to think of how to explain it. Uh, you think of time as a line. Well, think of that line as a street, and we're used to being on one side of the street. And then in this movie, they figured out how to do a U-turn. Yes. Okay. Yeah. To get yeah. on the other side and go the other way. That's that's basically all it is. Right. And, you know, that includes you don't want to touch someone else. You you on the other side because that's a head on collision. You die, you know, so so on and so forth. It's basically like a highway. You're you're, there's always people going in both directions, which also matters. Um, But there's a predominant flow of traffic and it's always, you know, you've always thought of it going in the one direction. But sometimes you can turn around and go the other way. Um, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, uh, they they basically they figure out that someone in the future has figured out time travel, uh, or sort of sort of figured out time travel. They figured out how to go the other way. Um, and they can leave objects that move backwards in time. Uh, and they themselves can go through and move backwards through time. Uh, and what the movie is about is at first he thinks it's, uh, about trying to stop this guy who's like a billionaire arms dealer. He thinks he's like doing something with people from the future. Like they're just helping him. But then he find he eventually figures out that it's a doomsday weapon. Uh, that was like the original cause of this, uh, and it basically will reverse the normal, like the predominant flow of time and it will cause some kind of cataclysm. So, cause like, you know, think of the, the fall doesn't kill you. It's the sudden stop at the end. Well, if not only are you stopping, but then you start going the other way, the force will destroy everything is kind of the idea that I, I gathered from how they said the doomsday shit would work. Yeah. Um, makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So, uh, they find this out. They find out that for some reason, someone in the future is trying to get this, uh, this Russian billionaire arms dealer to, which he's never actually been a, an arms dealer, right? You figure that out eventually. Yeah. Like, he does it as like a, co- it's like a third level front for what he's actually <laughs> doing. He's yeah. literally just like getting gold from the future and like clues as to where the pieces of the doomsday weapon that they had are in yeah. the past. So that's like what he's doing, right? Um, And so he finds out that this guy's collecting all this stuff. So then he's got to try and stop him. And the piece of the, uh, the plutonium that he thought was in a weird case was actually part of the doomsday weapon. And it's the last piece. So he's really got to stop him from getting it. And there's a bunch of hijinks 
uh, time travel. It's not really time travel. It's 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 time redirectioning. Uh, hijinks. Yeah. Uh, so people going forwards, people going backwards, and then going to the other end, and then everybody turning around and trying to do it again. It's really interesting, and it's also like uh, it it made me think that that part kind of made me think of uh some Watchmen vibes of Doctor Manhattan, where like yeah everything has already happened and yeah. is happening, and it's but it's all at the same time, so like everything exists at once. Yeah. Um. But there's like some weirdness in that too, uh, that which is you know part of the problem of time travel in movies. But um, <clears throat> they go on and uh, the the arms dealer's wife plays a big part in it. Cat, uh, basically John ends up the protagonist is what he's called. Um, ends up like trying to save her. And trying to help her get out of the relationship because he's like super abusive because he's a bad guy. So bad guys are always like super abusive pieces of shit, right? That dude is a big piece of shit. I mean, he was a big piece of shit. It's just an interesting trope to me. Like they're always like controlling douchebags and like right. blackmail or like beat the woman into submission and shit. It's uh, I just thought that was interesting. There, you never see like a bad guy that's a good husband, right? Well. I- I would bring up Wilson Fisk because that depends on the depends on the on the iteration of him, but like well, in yes, in, but... in um Daredevil, if that's what you're talking about the the Netflix show when he well when he's in Daredevil, so when he's the Spider Man villain, usually he's a huge piece of shit, and you don't see a lot of Vanessa, right? But in, you mean in the comics? He's in, co- in the comics, even like mm-hmm. the 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 portrayal of him in the Daredevil series is like a portrayal of him in the Daredevil comics. Like he's yeah. he is like a good husband, and he will do anything for her. Yeah, and like to well, the I mean, point you see that where, in that where he like it it stops becoming about him and starts becoming about her. Yeah, 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 and that's it, so it, like that's it, and that's an yeah. exception to the rule. Yeah, but. You're right. There's not a lot of that. No. But that's one of the reasons I personally like Wilson Fisk as a character is because he's of his a real character with Vanessa. Yeah. yeah. So like that's that's a that's a a a small thing because I mean it's a really normal thing, but I feel like it could have been a place to make this movie better. But anyway, oh yeah, for sure. I agree. Uh, to making making that guy have more depth. Yeah. Would have made would have been yeah. interesting. He was like the generic Russian bad guy arms dealer rich dude it's easy to hate him they yeah made him easy they, they, to hate they him. like make it really easy to hate him and then at that point i stopped caring because he's he's cardboard cutout of every other russian bad guy right a little bit yeah, yeah. i mean that actor was good yeah that i don't have a problem the with the actor, actor is what makes me like the character yeah uh um, there's so, a lot to talk about Go ahead yeah, yeah. Your sorry i i got I, I keep getting off on <laughs> tangents here. We need um, to go through the turnstile again. Yeah, I know. I need to go through it. Uh, but anyway, so they go through some some hijinks with the going backwards and forwards in time. There's like a car chase heist thing, which was pretty cool. Uh, the the heist thing at, in Oslo was cool um, with some foreshadowing shit uh, where Pattinson... Oh, Robert Pattinson's in this. He's like the second, you know, like supporting actor. Uh, he has a name too. 
Yeah, he's Neil. Neil. Yeah. yeah. He actually has a name where like a lot of the characters have names. John is the only one I think that they just call the protagonist. protagonist. Yeah, he's he even says I'm just the protagonist. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he's dead, right? Like he's yeah. he yeah. doesn't have a name anymore. He doesn't have an identity. Um. So anyway, they go on and like it turns out that hey, what's happened has happened. It always has happened that way. It always will happen that way. And uh. I keep calling him the fucking Russian arms dealer. What the fuck was his name? He had like a uh, semi easy to say name because they kept saying it. Fuck. Uh, Seder was like yeah, Seder. 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 Uh, so Seder gets gets two forty one was what the thing was because it was plutonium two forty one. But it's yeah, it is plutonium, but it's like in some kind of contraption to make it work with the bomb thing. Yeah, Time it's plutonium. one of nine elements needed. Yeah. Uh, so, um, he gets it. And so then they're like, fuck, we have to stop him. Uh, and Kat gets shot and she's going to die because she gets shot by an inverted bullet and Shia wasn't inverted at the time. And it's like spreading and like spreading the radiation and shit. So they're like, we got to We got to invert her because then it'll bring it out instead of shooting it in and it'll regulate everything. So they do all this and then they're like okay we got to go back um to oslo and what were they going back to oslo for the turnstile oh, that's that literally the way, all they that, were doing that was the only yeah. way they were going to be able to get back right that was the only way they were going to be able to get back because they couldn't go back to this one and they had to wait for her to get better so yeah. they they do that they uh, just like hang out in a shipping container for a week yeah and they find out and John, the protagonist, finds out uh, that he was the one they fought coming out of the turnstiles the last time. And you find out that he was the one that Neil unmasked when they fought at the turnstiles last time because you didn't know how the turnstiles worked. Because yeah. you, you come out going forwards and backwards at the same time. Yeah, You go in one side going forwards... And you come out the other side going backwards the same time that you're going forwards on the other one. Yeah. So there's three of John in Oslo. At, at the same time, yes. Yeah, there's two of him moving forward. And, and one, one of moving him backwards. moving backwards. Right. So when I first... That's the plot hole. When That's I first one of the watched it... We'll have to talk about that. Because I don't... I honestly do not think... I. There's only one thing that I think could be a plot hole that I still don't think is a plot hole, and I just think it's funny, but we'll talk about those in a second. But yeah. when I first watched it, I thought it was going to be Neil and John. The yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought it was, was going to be, be both them. of them. Yeah. And then they explained the turnstiles, and I was like, huh? And then it goes back to that scene, and I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it, too. Um, but anyway, so they go on. Uh, and then they gotta go back because Cat is like, well, the the one time that I think he would, so you find out that everyone's gonna die if this thing goes off, and past, present, future ancestors. Yeah. So, uh, what something that uh Sater said to Cat was that if I can't have you, no one can. When he he was like about to kill her, and uh. She says that that's how he feels about the world, uh, yeah. because he's dying of pancreatic cancer, and 
So they're like, okay, what? where would he go to watch it end? And she had mentioned this time before where, uh, which is, this is, this is what proves the plot hole in my mind, uh, where she had, they had gone to a, on vacation in Vietnam. Okay. And, uh, they talked and they had a good time and she tried to make everything better, but it didn't really feel right to her. So then she tried to, uh, talk her way out of it because she'd already been trying to get out of the relationship. And he basically gave her the ultimatum of if you give up all rights to ever seeing your son again, you can leave. And she didn't do it. She didn't take it. So then she, she goes back home with her son, uh, still being in the relationship. And when she's leaving, she sees this other woman diving off the ship. And she said that she had, uh, envied that woman because she was free, you know, cause she could get away. Uh, but she couldn't see who it was cause it was too far away. So they go back to that time and that's, you know, where they'll find the bomb in the city that, uh, Seder was born in. And, uh, it blows up the same day that they're in Vietnam. So, uh, they have this huge strike force of both forward and backwards people going through, trying to stop this from happening. Uh, they do like a, a fake out where one goes to where they know it's going to blow up. And one goes to this other place where they think they can get through before it goes off. And, uh, this dude that wants to be Tom Hardy, uh, is with <laughs> is with uh, the protagonist, and Ives. and uh, they get down there, and there's already a dude down there, uh, and he's already shot another dude, and like he's getting ready to set the bomb off because he knew they were coming, and you're like, what the fuck? And they're trying to get in. And they can't. And then uh, Neil figures out what's going on, and instead of he like goes to the turnstile and turns around and comes back out going forwards because uh, he was on the backwards <laughs> team, and he comes out going forwards and tries to stop them from going down the tunnel. But he can't, so then he like drives up this path, and you saw him driving up the path earlier, but you didn't know it was him, because that happens like 17 times in this movie. Mm-hmm. Very uh, true. <laughs> which is cool. I like that. I yeah. like I like how how close the continuity is. But uh so he gets there and he uh comes down and helps them and and but like he dies? Oh, he he dies backwards again. So like he's there like four times in this part. So yeah. he he sees them go down in the tunnel, knows that there's a problem. Yeah. He goes and turns around, goes and drops a line down, picks them and the bomb up out of the thing so it doesn't get buried. They deactivate it somehow cuz they never show him to actually deactivate it. She kills fucking Sater and I'm like they haven't done anything with it. They just pulled it out of the thing so it wouldn't get buried. Like, yeah. it's gonna go off. No. 
It's not supposed to go off right then. It's supposed to get buried so that way it's there in the future. Because they're collecting it for the future. Why doesn't he just set it off? That doesn't even that make sense. I don't know. But anyway. Anyway, so they pull it out. And they go. And they come up. And they take it apart. And then Ives is like, I gotta kill you guys. And then they're like, do you? And he's like, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> uh, and Direct quote. So then they break it apart, and they're all about to go their separate ways, and Neil's like, wait, I got one more thing to do. And so then he goes and he, saves their asses he, and dies. He pieces it together, though, like, yeah. during that conversation. Right. And that, that I, like, I like that part a lot. Yeah. Because he's, like, putting it together. He's like, well, no one else could have picked that lock, so it had to have been me. Yeah. So then he goes and does it. Yeah, and then there's like a really good farewell scene between him and yes. and the protagonist where he's basically like, well, no, we've been friends for years and shit. Uh-huh. And he's like, and like, John's like starting to fucking legit cry. Like, that dude. So, I, I'll get to that. But he like starts crying and stuff and then Neil goes and changes back and goes and then dies. Uh, but then he leaves and you find out during this conversation that the protagonist is the person that starts Tenet, even though he was just recruited by Tenet. Because Neil's like, Did you, have you figured out? Because earlier, uh, the protagonist asked Neil who recruited him, and he's like, did you figure it out yet? You recruited me yeah. years from now. And yeah. he's like, what? And he like is fucking, his mind's blown, but eventually he figures it out. And... The end is basically like, I'm in charge now, bitch. He kills the chick that, like, Priya. was gonna, Priya, he, she was gonna, like, betray him, kill Kat because she's a loose end. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm the one in control. I'm the one who says what loose ends are and who, I'm the one that takes care of them. I like when he says, when, when he's talking to Priya at the end and he's like, he brings the call back back and he's like, I told you you were gonna have to start thinking about time differently. Yeah. Or the world, the world differently. Yeah, and he shoots her, and that's basically Ugh. the end of the movie. Uh, so good. So okay, better on a second watch. I want to preface everything I say next with: I read a review that said th- this guy was like, "If you have to watch a movie twice, the movie's bad." And I absolutely one hundred and fifty percent disagree with that. I so, think. Yeah. The more rewatchable a movie is, the better it makes the movie. Yeah. And the second time, so I watched this a couple weeks ago, and me and Shane watched it yesterday. This was my second time watching it. Watching it the second time, I was like, because the first time I was like, well, that was fucking convoluted and complicated and fucking nuts. And then watching it the second time, I was like, oh my God, this movie's amazing. Yeah. I think I need to watch it a second time. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I honestly think I need to watch it a second I time. I wish before we did this episode, I would have been like, we need to watch this movie twice. But I didn't even think about it. I was just like watching it again. And I was like, uh. Yeah. No, I could see that. And that that might change my opinion on a couple of the plot hole type things. But one yeah. of the, the, the two of the bigger ones to me. Yeah, let's start there. Two of the bigger ones to me is. um. There being that you can fold it up so much that there's multiples of you in the same room at the same time because you keep going back to the same time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when, when that basically, you're you're basically getting split every time you go through a turnstile, which doesn't make sense because other other characters are shown doing the things that they do before that right so like the first time you see the protagonist do something before he does it is the car flipping on the on the road on during the heist yeah right where like you see cat do something you see neil do something at the very beginning of the movie yeah beforehand before right? you ever even before meet you neil. even meet neil yeah um and like at that point like before that point there's only one protagonist there's only one of him and like to preserve you know laws of physics there's only one of you right conservation of mass and energy and everything mm-hmm. so like when you go into a turnstile and two of you come out that doesn't make sense what do you mean by two of you come out because one comes out going forwards and one comes out going backwards Because, uh, yeah. Well, are you are you are you talking about the proofing window? Because the proofing window doesn't show you what's happening in time. No, it shows you what is happening. Basically, what's happening before. Right. But if if that's how it works, then there could never have been three of him in the same place at the same time. Well, there. Okay, so there wasn't actually three of him in the same place at the same time, though, because there were, because there was two guys run out. While he's standing there. So then there's two forward and one in reverse. Because he fights the reverse one and Neil, who is not reversed, goes after the other one. Okay, but... So there's two forward yes, and so, one reverse at the same so, time there. So you, have, so you have those three, right? But two of those are the same guy. All three of them are the same guy. Well, no, no, no right. But two of them are actually the same guy, whereas like one is the past. Yeah, but version. they all are. They all exist in the same at the same point in time. Yeah, because that's so. That's the intersection. That's the intersecting moment when reverse John David and future John David are intersecting. Yeah. So that's like the intersecting moment for that version of john david which is the same version and then the other version of john david that's okay so what you're saying is time is past john david that we met earlier in the movie so if you went so say see that still doesn't work because then you have parallel universes because if if you go into a turnstile Mm -hmm. and you come out going backwards right Mm -hmm. Which is initially what you have to do the first time, right? Right. Um, so then you're no longer moving forward in time 
You're moving reverse. You're moving backwards. So right. the guy that was going forward is gone. He's in the other side. Right. Right? So you just folded it. Okay? Yeah. So then you can run into that one, the one that you are, mm -hmm. because that one's still there. But you aren't going to run into another you from another future because you haven't gone back there yet. And, like, the, the times would never meet up. Because, like, of how... Like, in... Okay. So, I think Shane has a point. Yeah. Right now, I'm kind of doing the, you know, that, like, toy monkey with the symbols? That's going on in my head right now. <laughs> but I'm trying really hard <laughs> to figure this out. So, okay, so, like, you go and you turn around and you go back two weeks. Yeah. Okay? So there's no you moving forward. There is. There isn't. Because you left the, you left the forward lane oh. and started going back. Right. Okay? Yeah. So then if you go forward, you turn around and start going forward again. So then there's there's then there would be three versions of you at that time, but if they didn't intersect the first time, they would never intersect. Agreed. I... Okay, so you go... So you enter a turnstile, and you start moving in reverse. Yeah. And you move in reverse for... Because this is the thing that I think people misunderstood about the movie. You're moving in reverse in real time, yeah. but moving backwards. Right. So you're, so you're you... And you go into a turnstile and you move in reverse for two weeks. Uh-huh. Okay? That version of you is eventually still going to catch up and you're still going to live the two weeks after those two weeks. When you go back through the turnstile, you have to relive that time. Right. Right? So, once you enter a turnstile, you're never you, like, again. You're never in that same continuity again. Yeah. Because you can't travel. But once you get past where you first went in, that reduces the number of you. To one. Right. That's what I think makes it make sense. Okay. Because, like, if you think, think about it like a mirror, so, like, if you have two mirrors, then you're standing in front of the two mirrors, you're seeing three versions of yourself, right? Yeah. But the only time you when you're in front of those mirrors that you can be one person as if you're right up on the mirrors. So there's always that few seconds where you're all in one spot. And then the you moving backwards, if you move backwards away from the mirror, eventually you dissipate in either direction off of the mirror. Mm. So you moving backwards, uh, essentially, eventually, you are no longer existing in that, that same time frame. Because like, it's hard. It's the thing that I think they they struggled with capturing in the movie is like, I feel like you would just blink out like at a certain point. Like if you, if I entered a turnstile and I was moving backwards and you were standing there when I entered the turnstile, you wouldn't see me start moving backwards. Cause I would no longer exist in your right view. Right. I would just immediately start moving backwards, which is what I, they tried to do it, but I feel like it was lost. Hiding it in the turnstiles was a mistake. 
maybe. Um, but but I think that's what the proofing window was for. I think that's the plot device of the proofing window was to show that you wouldn't ever actually see you in real time. You know what I mean? And the the part that gets really convoluted is when uh, Seder is talking to John David before he shoots because he's in the window. But the guy in the window is not the same guy talking to John David. It just looks like it. But yeah. he's on a radio, and they didn't... There's a lot in the movie that you have to assume. There's elements there to show you, or for you to listen to, to prove like what's going on. But there's a lot they didn't over-explain, which causes the movie to be extremely confusing. So, like when he's when when John David is in the chair, and Sater is talking to him through the window, Sater's voice that you can understand is coming over a radio. Right. So he's he's talking to John David, and it comes out backwards. Right. But he has to say all of that again uh, over a radio for John David to understand what he's saying, which is why you get it twice, but they don't explain that in the, the only thing that's there for you to understand that is the distorted sound of the rush of Seder's voice over a radio. Right. So like they don't, don't, and that part is, was fucked, but watching a second time, that part a lot, it was done really well, but watching it the second time I was like, because the first time I was like, how is that? I, that doesn't make any sense. What is happening? And then the second time, oh, I was it like, made total sense to me. I was like, oh, he's talking. He's talking through a radio. Okay, that does make sense. Because I was so enthralled watching this movie the first time. I was just like, oh my god, this is insane. Yeah, but it, it's it's a pretty wild movie. So, but to to your point, like, I get what you're saying. I just I think that what they were going for was that. When you're moving backwards, you like blink out of that. Yeah. So like you're okay. literally moving backwards through time, which is really hard to depict on screen. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um so then if that's how it's supposed to work, which I mean that's sort of how I had it in my head working. Um, I guess I don't know, I just didn't think it through all the way to completion. Uh but yeah, I mean, like if that's how if that's how they meant it, then that is on a plot. That particular one isn't a plot hole, and the other thing that I was thinking about wasn't a plot hole because they talk about uh, taking they talk about inverting cat to uh, change her or to like fix her wound, right? But it doesn't fix it all the way, which is interesting to me too because she still got shot, but. It changes the radiation, like yeah. It so the way I understood it was that so when you so he so a, a I want to clarify when Seder shoots Cat, Seder is inverted, Cat is not right, which is why the inverted bullet hurts, uh, hurts her more. But yeah, hurts her more bullet. than a normal bullet and in a different way. But also. When Seder shoots Cat, it isn't happening at the same time that John is watching it because of the proofing window. So, like, we see it as if it's happening at the same time, but it's not because of the proofing window and time. 
It's wibbly wobbly stuff. So it's happening slightly. Well, that's because we're we're experiencing both timelines not simultaneously. That's why it's right. not happening at the same time in air quotes. Right. Uh, because we see it in that particular part. We see it as Seder experiences it. Right. Yes. Because we see him go into the the turnstile um, after it happens and then come back through and do it yeah. again like backwards yeah and you're like what the fuck and yeah. then you figure out like what how it works and shit how it because you you've, you haven't seen the inverted side yet right right until that moment yeah which makes it really fucky and prior and really to that, cool. you're like why do they have masks on yeah and yeah <laughs> like why do they need oxygen right but so but yeah that scene uh it's fucking nuts like this whole yeah motherfucking movie uh, so I'm a whore for time travel. We haven't done a lot of time travel movies. Um, no. So and uh, I'm I'm a I'm a dirty whore for good time travel. <laughs> Predestination, uh, in game, um, with their what? The fuck was that? In game. It's a movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a I love in game for the emotional experience. Wasn't super happy about them doing time travel, but I didn't hate the way they did it, and it's given us Loki. Um, yeah, I don't know what it, what there is to not like about it. We got a fucking new Loki show, even though the motherfucker's dead. Yeah, uh, I we, just I just still feel the same way I felt before, where I was like, "Don't do time travel, don't do time travel, don't do." And then they did time travel, and I was like, <sighs> and then they did it well, and you were like, did. And still, I'm still like, I'm okay uh, with it." But I'm still also like I'm a whiny bitch, but I love this movie that's all about time travel. Yeah. Um so, I, tip, I typically don't like time travel stuff. Like I don't mind it. Yeah. Yeah. But um Well I, I liked this. Okay, so usually it's not what the movie is about. Usually it's a crutch to fix a problem. That's what yeah. I don't like. Right. Uh where this movie Predestination, that's like what those movies are about. Yeah. That's like the whole point or, of this movie is about fucking time redirection. A lot right. of primary Doctor Who episodes are actually about the time travel. Yeah. Huge Doctor Who fan. Um, right on. I, I know that Doctor Who exists. <laughs> I've seen a couple of seasons. I've seen a couple of seasons. That's fine. More than me. Shane yeah. doesn't like Doctor Who. No. I know there's robots that are like exterminate Daleks. Yeah, yeah. They don't have arms though. You're talking about Cybermen, and they oh. say assimilate or something. Assimilate. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they don't say it in the same cadence as the. Uh, Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, <sighs> where's your travel, scarf I gotta at, bring up bro? Who. I don't know. They wear scarf? scarves, right? No, I wear bow ties because bow ties are cool. Uh, Sometimes I wear fezes because fezes are cool. Mm, I don't think fezes are cool. I'm giving away hints about who my doctor is. Um, my doctor is Doctor. <laughs> oh, 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 I thought we we're talking. Bleep that out. <laughs> um, I don't have a primary care physician. <laughs> so yeah, that scene with Sater. Uh, shooting her is really good, but f what I what I was getting at was, uh, for my understanding is, if he shoots her with an inverted bullet, there is a the it, it's not just 
that the radiation is reversed. It's like a different radiation. Yeah, but like, how does getting inverted help that? So that's kind of where I was thinking about this was like, depending on how that works, the, the changing of how that wound works based on being inverted, then is there a way that you could cure satyr's pancreatic cancer okay with inversion yes so that is something that i was thinking of was if the radiation being if if she gets shot in real time with an inverted bullet and she goes inverted and the radiation reverses itself and slowly dissipates Still leaving a scar because she's not reversing the shot. Right. She's just reversing the, the radi- effects of the irradiation. Exactly. Then why doesn't that work for cancer? So. Exactly. I, I, yeah, I also did wonder that. Um, Especially if it had anything to do with him playing with inverted radiation shit all the time. Yeah. Then going inverted would reverse the effects of the radiation yeah so that's that's why i thought about i kept waiting for them to explain that cancer was some sort of like just ridiculous entity because it is and like waiting for them to explain why uh he had pancreatic cancer and they never they never really did just that he did uh and like i would have accepted oh, well, cancer doesn't work that way because it's cancer. Like, might seem like... Just a, a hand out. wave. But yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, instead of completely ignoring it, at least give us a fucking one line about it. Yeah, right. on why it wouldn't work. Because if, if your cells are moving backwards, then they should be de-regenerating into previously healthy cells. So, like, it would have made a lot of sense to me if he stayed inverted long enough he wouldn't have pancreatic cancer but then also like how long would he have to stay inverted like how far into the past would he have to go and then right. live because that's my favorite thing about this movie is that like you have to time travel in real time yeah like you want to go back two weeks guess what you, you gotta, gotta be chill inverted for, fucking for two, two weeks. weeks yeah 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 and like that that was something that i was thinking about like depending on how far back and forward and stuff you go, like does, does being inverted reduce your aging while you're going in reverse? Because you would get so old so fast. I mean, you would experience all that time, yeah. but like in the matter of two years, you could, you know, you could age infinitely. Right. Because you could like go back a year and go and like go back go forward six months and go back a year and a half and then come back a year and then go back two weeks and go back, you know, you could just keep going back and forth across the same amount of time and like just get old in two years. Yeah. So I think, I think it, two years is a random number. You could do it in a day. It either stalls the aging process, but it makes more sense to me that it would de-age you as you're inverted. Because let's if you have seventy years to live, okay. Let's let's say yeah. Say say your movie old, is kind of like clock is seventy yeah. years, it, and the movie is kind of like what's happened has happened. So right. like I like that too. That's my favorite time kind of time travel is 
yeah. what what has happened has always happened. So like when they go into right. the future, they always have to go back and do the thing that initiated the whole circle. Right. Because time is a circle, a wibbly wobbly ball of No, it's a gem that we insist on observing only one facet at a time. <laughs> yes. Uh, time is a flat circle. I just wanted to say some shit. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so get out of here, Dave. Oh man, go pack up my microphone. What was I saying? Oh yeah, let's say your your clock is seventy years. So yeah. you're gonna live from. Yes. Let's make it easy. Twenty twenty. You were born in the year two thousand. You're gonna live to twenty seventy. Yes. Like the only time that you can experience so based on the theory theory of this movie the only time that you can experience is from 2000 to 2070 right you can't travel past 50 years into past you dying you can't travel back to before you were born right and that that this fucking dude i just fucking i love this movie but uh and I love that idea because, like, it makes so much sense on like a a, a realistic level. Like the the thing from predestination, which also makes sense that there are not people from the future in the past. Right, they have to communicate through sending shit back. through objects. Yeah, so they can't just like show up and be like, "Hey, yeah, I'm from the, the future, stuff. motherfucker." Yeah. So like, which makes a lot of sense too. So like, that's why I think it. You know, you. You go into the turnstile and you sit for two weeks. It deages you two weeks. You live up two weeks, and then you're back to where you were when you went into the turnstile. I think, mm. as far as like age works. I don't know. That's a that's an interesting thought. Because then, then you also have. Uh, how does that work? Okay, so no, I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, he was, he started to get the wound, the wound from John stabbing himself. Yeah. So he was moving backwards through time and the wound appeared and then got worse up until the point of him getting stabbed. So that would make me think that, yeah, he could like just go not have cancer. He could just go back and not get cancer. And, like, try to figure out what got him cancer. He could just, like, keep doing it. Well. Because, like, that if, also, so, like, that also assumes, so what you're that saying, that also though, assumes that you can change that things. That you can change things. And the movie's very, very, very strict on what's happened. Well, happened. it's saying that, but, like, everybody keeps asking the question. They're like, well, we don't know, but as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. What's happened has happened. And like I think also it them stopping the plot also I think lends to what's happened happened. Yeah. Because they're well, not I mean, trying he asks that at one point, right? He's like, Well, the fact that we're here means that we stopped it, right? And he's yeah. like, Well, I like to think so, but we don't yeah. really know. So like you're watching uh one of the versions of him go through the motions. Yeah. Like, uh, I love the idea of, like, choosing our own destiny and, like, fate, you know, fate not deciding, like, what we do and who we are. But for some reason, like, the 
the the if it's happened it's always happened version of time travel is my mm. favorite okay so let's talk about like not the time travel part or okay. the plot of the movie let's talk about like acting and other shit yay stuff i can figure out <laughs> <laughs> sorry dave <laughs> we, no, like, we dove deep into the bullshit no i i was i was pretty quiet because i was just like taking this all in like everything so, you guys said had a good point and yeah well before we move on like <clears throat> you said that you were that you were confused the movie was confusing uh, a little bit like I, I started to pick some stuff up here and mm-hmm. there and like I think I honestly think if I watch it again, it all click into place. Yeah, I think you should watch it again before next week um, if you have time. Oh, I was actually going to do this during my um, review, but I'll do it now. I was going to do a fun little segment where when we record next week, I'll watch Tenet before then, and I'll do a little small little segment of my thoughts the second time. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Do you cool. want to watch it a second time? I'll watch it a third time. We'll just do this episode again. <laughs> <laughs> no, two. No, I'm just I mean, electric boogaloo. I don't know if I want to watch it again like electric that soon. Boogaloo. But anyway, I actually like because because I just watched it two weeks ago. Then we watched it again yesterday, and I wasn't sure I was going to be as into it. So I was like, "Man, I just watched this, but I really want to do it for the podcast." And then we were watching it, and I was like, "I'm just as enthralled as the first time." Yeah. <laughs> um. So okay, acting. Uh, I have to apologize to Robert Pattinson about saying that he's dog shit because he somebody made him be a sparkly vampire. Uh, exactly, not his fault. Not his fault. He's actually awesome. Yeah, he's really good in this. Fucking and that was the whole point of doing movie. this movie. Thanks for tuning in to DQP. <laughs> does we'll see you later. <laughs> like Russell's like, ha ha. Shane was wrong. I haven't even mentioned his name. I was hoping you would say that. Oh yeah, no, I I will own up to that shit. He yeah, was he, fucking awesome in this movie. I thought pretty much everyone did a great job in this movie. Yeah, I don't I don't think there was really any acting duds. I mean, uh, Michael Caine was just Michael Caine, but I mean, he was also like all, basically a fucking cameo. Yeah, yeah. I loved seeing him. I love Michael Caine. So oh like, yeah, oh, no, I yeah. love him. It's just, it's just funny because he's like, he's gotten to that point in in his life where he's just like the old guy that can just like come in and be like, oh fuck, it's Michael Caine. It's me, well, it's Michael also, Caine. That's also, good, Michael Caine. That was that was a pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah. good, Michael Caine. But it's also a Christopher Nolan movie, so I mean, you gotta right. have the Michael Caine. Like he's right. he's done a cameo in every Michael Caine. Or, Michael Caine has done a cameo in every Christopher Nolan movie since Batman or before that. And Christopher Nolan is Batman, right? <laughs> he is Batman. God dang it, Dave. <laughs> what? He's Batman. Sure. Christopher Nolan is Batman. <laughs> I mean, Nolan in real life, Batman. he probably is Batman. <laughs> um, he's very Bruce You hear it here first. <laughs> I think since The Prestige. Oh, okay. That was... I think he's done a cameo. Is that before begins? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Pretty sure. I don't know. Whatever. Michael if you Kane. know, I mean, instead of us taking two seconds to look it up on IMDb, if you know who it is, go ahead and hit us up on uh, our our email, draftyq at gmail.com. I'm going to go ahead and just tell you. No, just just let people email us. Okay, email us. Jesus Christ, we Please. gotta fucking start a conversation with our fucking fan. I know, fan. <laughs> we, we're just trying to start a dialogue. Just here. trying to start. 
this is uh, therapy for us and our fans. Uh, Please email us. We, we need to talk. Please email us. We're so lonely. <laughs> it's not bad news. I just want to talk. I just want to talk to you. <laughs> if we could like go to dinner and talk, that'd be great. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I fuck. I hate being wrong. Uh, I think all the, <laughs> he's not going to admit it on the show. Wait. If you think Russell is wrong about the first movie Michael Caine was in with uh, Christopher Nolan, go ahead and hit us up at draftyq at gmail.com. And we will wait till you email yeah, us and back. We'll, we'll wait until we get word about that. We'll probably forget about it. <laughs> I don't know. This might keep Russell up at night. Are you going to get a word in edgewise, or are you just going to stay quiet the rest of the show? Nope, I was just going to take it. Okay. Uh... uh kind of want to do my Michael Caine impression again because apparently I could do a decent version. Do it and tell me I'm wrong. Well, Russell, you're wrong. It's me, Michael Caine. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You know, it's much much easier to take being wrong when a British person is telling you (laughs) you're wrong. Uh, Thanks, Dave. Thanks for that. That was actually Michael Caine, but you're welcome. Oh, thanks, Michael Caine. Sir Michael Caine. Sir, yes. Sir Michael Caine. Uh, that's in the movie, too. Yeah. Because he's yes, like, he I don't remember his name in the movie. Yeah, he's like, I'm so-and-so's lunch, and you mean you mean Sir? Sir so-and-so? Like, Fuck, it's so good. I assume you're correct. Uh, But I just want to say, like, I had never, I don't think I've ever seen uh, John David Washington in anything. I don't think I have either. I have been following him since Ballers. So The Rock did a TV show yeah. for HBO called Ballers. Okay. Uh, John David Washington plays a running or uh, wide receiver, uh, played R- named Ricky. And since it was the first time I've seen him and everything, every time I see him, I always just want to call him Ricky. Mm. But like this whole movie, I'm like, his name's Ricky. And then you're like, is his name just the protagonist? And I was like, fuck, his name's not Ricky. <laughs> Was was that in uh was he in the first episode or two of that? Because I think uh, I only Ballers? watched the yeah, first yeah, two. He's episodes. in the holes. He's one of he's one of the rocks uh clients clients throughout the whole series. Okay. Well and I just really don't good remember him in that. I, and I, I, I immediately loved him. I was like, this guy is fucking awesome. And then uh he did uh the Black Klansman. Okay, I haven't um, watched that. Which is based on uh a, a true story of a black guy who poses as a hillbilly redneck to infiltrate the clan the clan mm-hmm. and then they have to get a white guy because he, he he infiltrates He's the doing clan it over, the phone. over the phone yeah and he does this ridiculous he does this ridiculous white person voice and it's fucking amazing and uh he then they have to get a white guy to play as him when he it's time to go meet the clan and it was uh basically it was how they discovered the clan was a hate group they had suspected it but it was how they proved it hmm. i mean and if you're listening to our show and you don't think the ku klux klan is a hate group then we don't want you to listen to our show anymore yeah bro. yeah I'm I'm not one for uh, losing listeners, but yeah, if you don't know that, get the fuck out of here. Go ahead and throw that you, out you actively disbelieve it. How about that? That yeah, or a participant 
in it. You know it's so, a hate group, but you're yeah. a participant in yeah. the clan. Oh, so uh, yeah. If you're a participant, please fuck off. Yeah. I don't uh, say this because I like most people. Uh, you could fuck yourself. I hate you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've heard a lot of, well, it's just like a political group. Or read a lot of. Well, it's just a political. No, dude. Who? who no. Who says that? No. Fuck off. Don't. Gonna... Don't put them on blast on the show. Anyway, <laughs> it's this show has this nothing to do with the clan. Arc. Uh, but John David Washington was fucking phenomenal in this movie. Yes. I agree. And this is the first thing that I've really like. I guess I had seen him in two episodes of Ballers because it's all I've ever watched of that show, but that was when the show came out, like, whatever, six years ago, I don't even know. Yeah. And I don't remember it. So, this is, like, the first time, but it's... it's it feels like the first time. <laughs> uh, like the very first time. Yes. Sorry, I wanted to sing. Uh, <laughs> He's also in a... Malcolm and Marie, uh, the black and white Netflix show that I was watching when you got home that one day. Oh, so I saw him for five minutes in something? Yeah. Well, I was just bringing it up because like, I think everyone should watch that movie. Okay. That's such a good movie. I think anyway. you told me about that before. Like, I think you've I, talked about it on the show before. I have. Because I watched it and I was like, I had... <laughs> depiction of a real life relationship fight holy shit <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean like him and robert pattinson blew me away i really like uh the lady that plays cat i yes. will open this up and tell you what her name is here in a second elizabeth something scroll up don't make me connect to the internet god damn it elizabeth debicki huh i said debicki like the baby Okay. Uh, <laughs> they were all amazing. Uh, everybody else, I mean, was good enough or, or was good. Um, one of the big gripes that I have with this movie is the like weird feeling and big battle scene. Because, like, it, it had the stuff that are hallmarks of the movie, right? It had the like, weird shit happening because some stuff's moving forward and some stuff's moving backwards. Mm -hmm. It also had the like, uh, Hey, this character you didn't know was moving backwards while they were supposed to be moving forwards or moving forwards while they were supposed to be moving <laughs> backwards. That had that shit going on too. Yeah. And all those little things, but I feel like Nolan is not a war movie director. No, I'm okay. Just going off what this scene does not look good the whole time. We're gonna watch Dunkirk tomorrow. I no, I'm not. We're Why? gonna play Call of Duty tomorrow. Yeah, well, we gotta watch, we gotta play Call of Duty, watch Dunkirk, play Call of Duty. Oh, let's get a turnstile and okay. do both and do both. Okay, Whoa. I'm in, <laughs> <laughs> but but just okay, like if you watch this. No, I, it feels, it feels, it looks like it, it, no one's getting shot. There's like nothing, like you see like two people die. Okay. Mm -hmm. The whole time. And like it, there's just like no consequences to this 
Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like it it feels like a small time raid where the characters know exactly what's going to happen. But there's also like 300 people fighting. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Because there's twice as many of the regular people of yeah, the good guys. I, and then like so there's the, twice as many of the bad guys. And they're like there's shit tons of them just like flowing over like ridges and shit and it's just like nothing is happening and yeah. like the angles are boring and shit like when it's tight in on like two or three people and it's like something important is happening to those characters it's interesting and looks good yeah. but when they're showing like the battlefield it's like meh some guys running around sometimes they shoot yeah i don't i don't disagree just your your comment about christopher nolan not being a war movie director hurt a little bit. I don't but know. I, I Maybe don't I'll think that after I watch Dunkirk too. Maybe I don't know. Um, supposedly it's really good. I haven't actually seen it. Oh, uh, you I, son I of a it. bitch! <laughs> I enjoyed. It. I saw it with my grandpa. Okay. I I, see, I've heard lots of good things about. it. I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's a good movie to watch with your grandpa. It's the only Christopher I'll Nolan movie have I have to get a turnstile to, to do that. Oh, watch oh. my grandpa. Fuck, that was dark. Yeah. I'm sorry, sorry now. You can watch it with my grandpa. Okay. He'd be like, hey, big boy. I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> that's, that's my grandpa's. I haven't, I haven't broke out my grandpa impression in the show yet, but it's, it's my grandpa impression. <laughs> um, I do agree with you. The 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 supposed raid war scene, whatever we want to call it, uh, is kind of boring. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate yeah. because of where it's placed too. It's it's the climax of the movie, right? Yeah. It I. I think every all the little stuff saves it. Yeah. But it does get it, the the one of the reasons I'm giving the movie what I'm giving it is is because of stuff like the that. war scene. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the same thing happens with the airplane when they crash the airplane into Oslo, into mm-hmm. the the freeport in Oslo. Mm-hmm. When they're doing the stuff on the plane, cool angles, interesting. After the plane crashes and all the reverse and forward scenes after the plane crashes and inside the Freeport, interesting and awesome. Mm-hmm. When it's just showing the plane going at the building, it looks like it's moving slow. It like is slowly crashing into shit. Like it's just uninteresting and boring. And you're like, yeah, I don't even have a feeling of of like unescapable doom that like normally like. When you're like, okay, this thing is gonna happen. Oh no, it's it's giving tension to yeah. it. Yeah, it was like, okay, slow mo crash. Cool. I, I have a thing for the plane. Okay, not right now. Oh, about during, during a special that? segment. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. We'll we'll get back to that in, did, in Dave's trivia did corner. Nolan actually hijack a plane and crash it into something without permits for this movie. Um, I'm, you're gonna have to wait. We're gonna have to go on the corner. Okay. Okay. Now um, Shane my, is just my, taking apart his microphone. My this mic stand time. is now in two pieces. <laughs> Three pieces, actually. The the weight on the bottom, the adjustable larger tube, are both dis, uh, unattached to the part that I have in my hand now. So I would have when they're dropping the gold out of the back of the plane. Interesting. I cool what, shot. Ah. I really wanted a shot from like underneath as if I was the road and the gold was falling. Or you're on like it. on the 
on, on the, the landing gear watching it the you yeah get like, that would have been cool too it's like a symmetrical shot like centered symmetrically with with like the tail of the plane coming yeah. out over your head and you're looking up at like the ramp and watching the gold fall out fall as out the... as you're moving backwards so, down the down the tarmac. Yeah, that would have been cool. Been um, a better shot than we got. The only thing I can think of for some of the stuff is that, like, because there's there's quite a bit in the movie that is kind of like that. There are definitely and, and it's super weird for Nolan to have boring shots. Like it it like yeah, because I remember fucking like Batman and shit. Like the 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 sweeping establishing shots of the city and shit. Yeah. Like the one in Hong Kong, beautiful oh, yeah. shot. Yeah. It's a great the, shot. The one uh a, at the beginning of uh Dark Knight Rises or whatever. Put the the second one. Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Um I'm Batman. Yeah. Where you know you're looking over Chicago before Joker starts his first heist. Mm-hmm. Beautiful shot. And it's just like gray buildings in the daytime when they're not even interesting and it's a beautiful shot yeah and then like in this movie it's like oh no i don't give a fuck so there's there's so many cuts and shots in this movie like throughout the whole movie like this one of the things i didn't dislike it but one of the things i noticed was how many different uh shots there were like mm-hmm. just in general, just like throughout the whole movie, there's constant cuts, oh, yeah. constant shots, like everything's changing. Like, and so the only thing I can think of is that like Team B came in and did the establishing did shots, a lot of the establishing shots. Whereas like Nolan, so like some of his movies, he will oversee even uh, Unit B coming in and doing stuff. Mm hmm. Like, you know, a lot of the good, good, crazy directors do that. They're like, no, I'm directing the entire movie. My name's going to be on this goddamn movie. I'm going to direct the whole fucking thing. I'm Stanley Kubrick and I'll slap you. I'll Uh, throw you (laughs) down the goddamn stairs myself just to get an accurate shot. (laughs) I feel like Stanley Kubrick's in the room. (laughs) But so some directors will do that. Christopher Nolan, I know, having done that before, but I just wonder if this movie was such a large undertaking that he had to yeah i mean there is a lot here because like you know i mean you basically see 60 percent of the movie twice yeah yeah from different angles from different angles that's the thing too like different perspectives i've seen one of the reviews was people bitching about oh they used all the same fights twice. twice And I was like, no, they did not even the same footage. No, like, it's all from a different perspective. Yeah. Was it shot at the same time? Uh, probably most of it, yeah. but it's a totally different footage. Yeah. You're basically doubling your coverage, right? Cause like, even if they used the same time through like the same, the same, uh, yeah. take. Well, he's, right? he's also really good about something that I wish a lot of other directors would get down is like changing perspective of the character with the camera like so and he did that a lot in this because when you're seeing someone when you're seeing uh the protagonist fight himself the first time you see it you see it from him moving forward the second time you see it all the shots are from the reverse protagonist right so like it's just like changing the camera angles and the -the over-the-shoulder views allows the viewer to follow perspective and also gives it a little bit more art 
artistic integrity yeah. when you're switching. Well, like the whole the whole uh, shooting cat scene was like almost over the shoulder third person of Seder. Yeah, you know, so like that's damn near fucking hardcore Henry POV. You know, like yeah. if yeah. you guys have ever watched Hardcore Henry, the whole movie is in POV of one character, which was the first time anybody's ever done that, and it was an interesting movie. I wouldn't say it was good, but it was interesting. If you have any problems with motion sickness, don't watch it. I or, haven't watched it because I think it will make me sick. I just haven't watched it. There's not much that makes me sick other yeah. than society. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, the cinematography, like for the most part, is yeah. really good. 75% of the time, it's good. Mm-hmm. And then there's just like these random parts where I'm just like. Why is this boring? But I also wonder if maybe, which would take a third rewatch for me to decide, but I also wonder if, like... He just really wants to watch this this week. Sounds like it. I I wonder if, like, the shots that we're talking about being really good are so good that you can't follow them. That you can't follow up on them. Oh, yeah. Like, I wonder if that's the case, too. Like, if we picked out some of those scenes that we think are boring... And put him next to I don't know something else, or I think, just watched him. I think it was more just like the juxtaposition against everything else that was in the movie. Yeah, which I mean that also follows with you know the where you're talking about like there's so many smash cuts, which was something that I thought about when Cat was telling her story about Vietnam before they go back. Mm-hmm. Was that those were like really fast flashbacks? Yeah. It was just like blink and you'll miss it little yeah. little snippets of what was happening in in her mind um which is usually something where it's like we're giving you enough of the image so that you remember it we're making it extremely fast so that you're like why what did i miss so then you think about it mm-hmm. so then you remember it but we're not giving you enough of it to where you can actually see the connection to later yeah which i i you know Obviously, I remembered it, so because of they got me. Um, <laughs> so I was like, "I bet it's her." Like this, I know this movie's about time travel and shit, but it's not some hoe that she thinks it is. It's her, and it was, but it also wasn't the same him. Which nope. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was like, oh, he just left, and I'm like, oh, look, he's coming back because it was a different him. Right. Yeah. yeah. That whole part. Yeah. I loved that whole part. I loved I I loved this movie. It's just like there's a couple little things here and there, you know, and silencers. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you were gonna talk chloroform. about chloroform. Uh hey guys, chloroform doesn't take you out in two seconds, and if it does, you're dead. It's it you're not asleep. It's not sleepy bye. Yeah, it means you're allergic to it. It means you're allergic and you're dead. Like fucking dead. Also, uh, anesthetics, you have to like know people's metabolism rate and yeah. their their yeah, like, body weight that. and all this shit. And if you get it wrong, it either doesn't affect them or it can kill them. And it takes minutes to knock them out. Right. Of it. Not like two seconds. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We have a friend that's an anesthesiologist and has given us this information. Yeah, I mean, scoop. I have a cousin who died from anesthesia, so... Oh. But anyway. Okay. 
Sorry. It got dark. I'm, I'm not trying to make this episode dark. It just keeps happening. Uh but uh and then silencers. Like silencers aren't silencers. They're suppressors. Yep. Uh when when you shoot a gun and it has a suppressor on it, it's still really fucking loud. It's not it's not quieter than the shell hitting the ground, which was the yep. case in this movie. Like normally I'm like, God damn it, that's stupid. But this movie, it literally was so fucking quiet, you heard the shell casing hitting more than you did the report of the gun. Yep. Yeah. And also, the first shot in the silencer is still really loud. It's louder, yeah. It's louder, because you have to get the gas has to fill. In yep. The, I got to fire a silencer once. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I shot one on a twenty two, but I haven't shot anything in bigger. I want to get one. They're expensive. <sighs> yeah, I know. But yeah, so like, uh, I th- I'm pretty sure you can you can't get it under 100 dB. I think so. Yeah, which is like that's still in need of earplug range. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, honestly, you shouldn't shoot firearms with just earplugs. Uh, you should wear you should either at least wear over the ear headphones, uh, mm-hmm. or wear over the ear headphones and earplugs. Yeah, to actually protect your hearing because they're loud. They're loud as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Suppressors do not work that way. But yeah, and, and I thought it was funny because like that and the chloroform thing because it's like you know trying to take itself seriously with their time travel stuff and like being very detail oriented about some things and like talking about the halide gas sucking the air like basically like shoving all the air down and stuff and and then they're like yeah suppressors and and fucking chloroform knocking people out immediately so those are those are really the big things that i have a problem with in in this movie i think a lot of the stuff like the reverse stuff was believable as far as how it looked um as far as you can believe that i don't (laughs) it's like an uncanny valley kind of right (laughs) Because you're used to everything going forward, so it's like, does that look right for a reverse explosion? I don't know. Does it? <laughs> looks good to me. Yeah, it looks good to me. Yeah. So, like, all the effects, I think, were fine. Uh, I love, I love the tidbit about the oxygen. Like, because if you're going backwards, you have to have your own oxygen that's mm. traveling backwards with you. No, you just have to have your own oxygen. You have to have forward oxygen. Yeah, you have to have forward yeah. oxygen. Yeah. Uh because like you can't you it doesn't pass the membrane. Uh, I it is a little throwaway line, but I just loved that idea I've, because I feel like the the transfer of heat thing it works the same way, right? Yeah. So like th- the air can't be absorbed because that's a forward movement through time so it can only be unabsorbed or it like is only being unabsorbed as you're moving backwards through time yeah right and there's nothing that does does that in your lungs so you right. can't breathe it in you can breathe it in but it won't absorb yeah so you have to have stuff that's moving forward with you that is capable of being absorbed yeah kind of like the you're like if you're in a fire it sucks the heat out instead right. of because it's going backwards. That's 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 so we should explain that because I feel like we didn't explain that part. Right. You are moving backwards through in time 
through time and you are you are inverted but it's the world around you that is actually moving backwards through time so like it's no you're moving backwards the world is moving forwards so that's what was going to break it was if you switched the world to moving backwards and everyone else was moving forwards because it would kill everyone yeah, yeah yeah okay you're moving backwards but because you're inverted your experience everything, everything backwards around you is still moving forwards right 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 yeah but you're like moving backwards through it so like if somebody is moving forward in time and they set a fire and you go through it it's gonna suck all the heat out of you because yeah. it's dying instead of coming up yeah you know it's not heating up it's cooling off so yeah. everything is reversed and that's why like the osmosis or whatever of you absorbing oxygen doesn't yeah. work with the yeah. oxygen there you have to bring your own back right yeah it's very interesting cool. um but yeah i think the effects were fine i think that there was nothing like crazy that happened uh the the cinematography was mostly good there was like the scenes that we talked about that were like what the fuck uh the acting was mostly phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, especially we touched on, we touched on a little bit like the farewell scene between Robert Pattinson and John David Washington. Yeah. And I just fucking, even the second time, man. Second time even more so, actually. First time I was like, oh, that's sweet. And the second time I was like, God dang, I watched it with Shane, can't cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I was doing the same thing. <laughs> I was probably crying too, but for different reasons. <laughs> I don't know. Just in the basement crying like Aah. Sometimes it happens, dog, you have a good cry. Yeah. Yeah. I just and then like the so I'm a stickler for dialogue. And I read a review that was trashing the dialogue of this movie, which I didn't understand at all because this is some of the best dialogue I've seen in a movie. Um, I love John David Washington's single word replies through almost the entire movie. Like, he asks questions, and sometimes he has, like, a couple words or whatever, but all of his replies to people are super fucking short. Yes. And it's just fucking awesome, and I love it. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of the dialogue was poignant and, like, really had something to say. Like... There is like a weird climate change message to the movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like in my face. It's not like beating me over the face for using plastic cups. It's just like So it's it's interesting though, because the villain's the one that's saying it, and the protagonist is like, Well, you know, gotta look out for yourself first. And like just kinda like so who's really the bad who's guy? Who's really here? the bad guy here? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I thought that, that was interesting, but I, I did want to bring that up and defend it in terms of like it's not. No, I, I think whoever said that's probably real wrong. It's not the happening, right? <laughs> Dude, like I took a shit this morning and it was better than the happening. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Come on now, you can't compare these movies. Like it's no. I mean, there's no. There's no. Like, there's no comparison between the two directors either. Uh, Christopher Nolan is a motherfucking genius, and he has, like, a beautiful eye, and, like, 
can I gargle his balls any harder? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just trying not to get any on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm covered. I got in the splash zone. <laughs> I hear myself talking and I'm just like, am I in love with this man? Okay. Let's move on then. I'm, I'm done listening <laughs> to you. <laughs> Dave's Trivia Corner. I was going to say, yeah. does that bring us to Dave's yes, Trivia it Corner? Does. To Dave's Trivia Still. Corner, where he will tell you some things that yeah. are kind of neat. I need to get Barry to auto-tune my voice there. <laughs> uh, welcome to Dave's Trivia Corner, where the point of the corner is for you guys to go. Oh, neat. Boom, he's got it. I got uh so we talked about this earlier, yep. and I'm glad we saved it for the corner. Uh the production team purchased and then crashed a real 747 airplane into a hangar. The stunt was all practical effects with no visual effects or CGI. Director Christopher Nolan had originally planned to use miniatures and set piece builds. However, while scouting locations in Victorville, California, the team discovered a massive array of old planes. It became apparent that it would be actually more efficient to buy a real plane of the real size and to perform a sequence for real on camera. Does that make you like that scene more? No. No. It still looked like shit. But it was a real plane. I mean, that's cool. That's dope. I think they were scared to crash that real plane. Well, it's an old plane, so maybe it just couldn't go yeah, very maybe, fast. Maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> they needed some. Plane. <laughs> maybe they needed some fucking plane Viagra the guy in the cockpit. He was plane Agra. Plane Agra. The the guy in the cockpit even says he's like, "Come on, buddy," or "Come on, baby," or something. When he's like pushing the stick, trying to get to go faster. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because I mean, they like just kind of like hopped off and ran away. Because they were like, "Oh man, are those guys gonna be okay if we dump them down the chute?" And like they dumped them, and like it made it look like they were going pretty fast because they got they like tumbled and stuff. And then when the dudes get off that are like driving it into the side of the building, they like just kind of get off kinda and walk jog away, bit, yeah. and it like barely passes them as it's like kind of do do do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that fast. No, it needed plane by it was, it was not exciting. <clears throat> I got another one. Yes. The word tenant presumably originated from the Seder Square, a word square containing a five-word Latin palindrome that date backs to the ruins of Pompeii. The puzzle is a five-by-five square made up of five five-letter words written in five lines. Seder, Aripo, Tenet, Opera, and Rotas. In every direction the square is rotated, these five words appear both horizontally and vertically a property that fits the time inversion feature of the film. It is also notable that all five words appear in the film. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh's uh, character is named uh, Andrea Sater. Or Andrew, you know. Andre. Andre, yeah, thank you. The forger responsible for the painting and cat, for the painting and cat, uh, former lover is named Thomas oh, right. Aripo. Oh, yep. The term tenant is the name of the organization that is the protagonist mm-hmm. is recruited into. Opera first the location of the opening scene, and then Rotas is the name of the security company. Yep. Huh. Neat. Yeah! Actually, what I wanted to say was, holy fucking shit, that's awesome. <laughs> Boom. That's pretty cool. Drop some knowledge on y'all. I got, that's, like... That's amazing. That's my favorite piece more. of trivia that you've come to the table with so oh. far. Thanks, buddy. That's good shit. Oh. No, I'm hard. <laughs> um, 
Shooting for the car chase sequence lasted three weeks and required the crew to close off eight kilometers of a six-lane highway down the center of uh, Talon. They then shot the cars moving both forward and in reverse. Hmm. I don't want to live somewhere they make movies. Yeah, right. shut, shut lanes and highways down. <laughs> fucking just like fuck you. I don't give a fuck about your movie. I want to go home. <laughs> I gotta go to work. Late to my shitty factory job and get fired because they're fucking making Transformers seventy two. <laughs> um, got, got two more. Keep, go, keep two going, more. bud. Uh, there was much secrecy surrounding the project before its release. Actor Robert Pattinson said that he was only allowed to read the script in a locked office at Warner Brothers Studio. His co-star, Michael Caine, wasn't even allowed to read the entire screenplay. He was given his scenes only to read before shooting. Prior to the movie's release, Caine told press that he had no idea what the film was about, despite <laughs> being a very close friend and a frequent collaborator of director Christopher Nolan. So Michael Caine didn't know anything about it. <laughs> and then, um, in addition to performing stunts backwards, the main cast actually learned how to speak in reverse for the roles. Oh, fuck. Sir Kenneth Branagh not only learned how to speak backwards, but also had to do it with a Russian accent as he is Northern Irish in real life. Holy so, shit. I didn't even realize that that was him. Yeah, it's him. The Russian accent really threw me off. <laughs> That's awesome. I blew your guys' mind with that trivia corner, huh? Yeah, yeah you did. That, that was, was a good, good fucking one. trivia. Finally paid off, huh? Yeah, Finally trekking to this corner like 10 miles away. It's Finally paid neat. off. Yeah. Dealing with the smell. Fucking neat, brah. <laughs> this has been Dave's Trivia Corner. Trivia Corner. That was I good. like that one. <laughs> cool. Uh, Very auto-tuned that. Yeah, add like 16 <laughs> harmonies. Uh, <laughs> so are we rating this now? Yeah. Okay. Let's rate this motherfucker. Probably should. This has been a long episode. Let's fuck Much this Much like Tenet. I wish you'd quit saying that. What? Talking Let's... about fucking pigs. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it an 8. I think it's a really good movie. There's just some like weird... There's some weirdness with... Some of the cinematography that is not good. And, like, it's really bad when it's the, like, climactic scene of the whole fucking movie. Um, and then, you know, dumb effects stuff where it's like, or I don't know that it's really effects, you know, sound effects, I guess. And seriously, you guys just use, like, something in a needle that isn't chloroform. Just be like, uh, they shot him up with some weird shit. Benadryl. Knocks you out. Yeah, Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stop using chloroform, please. Please. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's mostly it. The The acting was really good. The plot, I like the plot. I like the idea of it. Um, one of the interesting things about the movie is that you don't... This This could very well be the beginning of a franchise. Because you don't get the big bad. Yeah. The big bad's still in the future. Yeah. You just get one of the guys that was doing the dirty work for the big bad. Yeah. That's true. Like, he is yeah. a, he is a, you know, like a lieutenant. 
Yeah. Kind he's, of. He's an evil guy. He's a bad guy, and he's big and bad, but he's not the big, bad, evil guy. So, I mean, it could be the start of a franchise, because it's the beginning for the protagonist, but the end for Neil, so Neil could even still be in it. And they get up to some stuff. Yeah. They yeah, do. so like this very well so could good. be the beginning of a fucking <laughs> franchise. Uh and like it was set up beautifully. Where some stuff it is not set up beautifully. Um so I, I think it was a good movie. You should watch it uh maybe twice. If you have a hard time following involved plots, maybe don't watch it. Because you're not gonna get it. I feel like that was like a shot to me, but no, I, you're I mean, not who it was a shot at. No. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, Russell, what did you think? I'm gonna give this movie an eight point five, hmm. and I'm gonna tell you why. Yep. Uh, it gets an eight point five because this is another tell movie. Me why. Ain't nothing but an eight point five. Tell me why he's giving this at 8.5. <laughs> Tell me why. Because every time I talk about this movie, I'm going to have to argue with somebody about it. <laughs> That's going to piss me off. Uh, no, I mean, genuinely, one of the reasons I want to give it an 8.5 is because I, I love when a movie doesn't beat me over the head. And I loved this movie. Yeah. I love having to watch this movie a second time. Mm. I love that I'm going to watch this movie a third time if I don't have to work this weekend. Because it's two and a half fucking hours. Yeah. <laughs> but it's two and a half engaging hours. Yes. Like, it's it's a good two and a half hour movie. Like, <clears throat> I wouldn't shorten it. I wouldn't add any length to it. Like, this is, this is like, the perfect fit. Uh, but... There are, you know, a couple things that we talked about. There are some of the establishing shots, which, like, established shots aren't really hard to make interesting. And I'm not really sure what happened, but no, I, do, I, I do agree with you on that. That's why it was so, like, glaring and disappointing. Yeah. And I, I do wish it would have explained a little bit more stuff. And then I want to take you on a journey. Oh, God. In the I'll, beginning I'll of the film. I'll hop on board. So this, this is the thing that I think is a plot hole and or funny. Uh, and or both. Um, in the beginning of the film, John David Washington's character gets kidnapped. And under his patch, there's a hole, or there's a, there's like a, there's a pouch, uh, where he keeps a cyanide capsule that the Russian, secret Russian guy takes from him. So Chekhov's gun is don't show something in the first act that you're not going to use in the third act. So John David Washington doesn't take his cyanide capsule. He takes the guy who was kidnapped with him. Yeah. Cyanide capsule. So it is to be assumed that the cyanide capsule that was lifted off of the CIA agent uh, is the same cyanide capsule that is shown in the final act of the movie. Uh, that Seder has in his hand because uh, I don't know why it wouldn't be uh, and he even says that it was lifted off of an uh, uh, ex-CIA agent um, which I assume he just doesn't put together that it's the same CIA agent from the beginning of the film which is also the protagonist 
So then he, that's how he's going to kill himself, is by taking this cyanide capsule that makes everyone else around you think that you're dead, but doesn't actually kill you. Yeah. Yeah, she killed him the whole time. Yeah, What's but... happened's happened. Yeah, right, 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 right. What's happened happened. But I th- I just thought it was funny that even if he was going to kill himself, he's not actually going to kill himself. Yeah. Because that, that was the whole purpose of those cyanide capsules. Plot hole or funny? I don't know. Hmm. Definitely funny, though. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I give it an 8.5. All right, nice, Dave. Um, so we t- I talked about this a little bit earlier. I'm gonna give this a uh seven point five. Fuck you, Dave. Uh, hold on. We talked about it earlier. I'm gonna watch it before the next time we record. And I'm gonna pick up more stuff, and then I'll do a little bit of a my second viewing thing next week, and I'll probably rate it higher then. I like you, Dave. I like you too. <laughs> You always but, did, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I, I I enjoyed it. It was it kind of confused me in parts, but like I figured it out. And like after kind of sitting on it after I watched it, it made more sense. Uh, there was a couple times where it seemed like the whole plot was like Christopher Nolan was doing this like complicated plot just to be cool. So it felt like a little bit. So you thought the movie felt pretentious? A little, a little, yeah. but not like glaringly pretentious. It's just kind of like, this is interesting because this is complicated. You might not get it. Sunglasses, yeah. like kind of like in the same way that like Bruce Wayne is pretentious. Yeah, they're getting that. Yeah, yeah, but like it, I didn't. It, I mean, because Christopher Nolan is Batman. <laughs> uh, but yeah. 7.5 uh next week I will have watched it if I can squeeze two and a half hours somewhere um and I'll do a little thing about it and I'll probably rate it higher we'll see or yeah. lower who knows yeah I hope it's higher I hope you enjoy it more on the second watch I genuinely do not just because I think it's a great movie and but like just because like I like watching it the second time I was just like like, and I didn't, the first time I didn't take my eyes off the TV, I was just like, fucking reading subtitles, fucking watching the movie, like, fucking all in, like, no one was around me, it was fucking great. And then the second time, I was even more so like, fuck, so good. But, uh, one thing I did want to mention was, I like Christopher Nolan, I've always, I've, I've, I've I watched fucking Memento when I was younger, and like Batman Begins and Prestige and just I've always followed his work and, and I love pretty much all of his movies. I, st- I think the only one I have to watch is Dunkirk. Uh, I'd probably say The Dark Knight Rises is his weakest movie, but I would probably agree to that. He, he I don't understand why he thought this. I don't get it at all. Especially after watching this movie, because I and and I think he gives people more credit than maybe he should like, because he thought what he said was he was like, he was like, I'm going to bring people back into the theaters with Tenet. He yeah. was, Tenet is going to save cinema. 
that I think is pretentious as fuck. Right. Because <laughs> I watched this movie and I was immediately like 20 minutes into this movie. I was like, this movie is not for everybody. No. This movie is not this for is everybody not at all. Close to the kind of movie that would do that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think he, he I, the only thing I can reconcile is that I think he thought this was closer to Inception than what it actually is because it's not like these are still two different movies. Inception beat you over the head with what it was doing. This movie does not. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I'll shut up now. <laughs> no, no. I uh, like hearing you talk, buddy. I'm glad someone does. Hopefully our listeners do, because I did a lot of it this episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still doing it. Uh, you yeah. should do the thing. Okay, well, thanks for listening. This has been DQP Does, where we watch Tenet. And next week we will be doing Back to the Future, because we're going to do... We've done... Uh, what was the movie before this, Russell? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. We did Edge of Tomorrow. We did Tenet. Two sort of time travel movies. Now we're going to do actual time travel, like actually going back and forward in time. We're going to do all three uh, uh, Back to the Future movies, and then we're going to watch the Tomorrow War on, was that on Amazon, Amazon Prime? Prime? Original starring Chris Pratt. Yeah. And some other people. There was other people in it that I recognize, but I don't it's remember them. It's just Chris Pratt. It's just him. <laughs> Chris uh, Pratt in 12 roles. Yep. I'd watch that, actually. So yeah, we're probably. watching Back to the Future? Yes. One, so, two, three. Uh, we don't need money. We don't need fame. Don't need no credit card to ride this train. It's Huey Lewis in the news. I'm taking next week off. <laughs> Apparently, no, I am too. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm not the man they send in to negotiate or the man they send to make deals, but I am the man people talk to. This has been a production of the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network.